This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello there, Reds fans. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, coming to you on demand once again from redlegnation.com. Thanks for joining us again today. Got a lot of things to discuss, so we're going to jump right into it. On the line with us, our old buddy, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? Doing all right. Trying to get a win today. Need a win. We really need a win. I tell you, these first two games this road trip have both been winnable games. Uh, had sort of a letdown, though, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> well, let's dive right into several of the topics that are going on. I guess the number one topic that's on everyone's mind that cares anything about the Reds is the ongoing Joey, Vod- Joey Votto saga. <laughs> now, he, he was obviously placed on the disabled list. We've been told for a couple weeks here he's having this inner ear infection, and uh, it was bothering him with dizziness, and they finally put him on the disabled list, but when they did... They made the statement that he was on the disabled list for stress-related issues. And then, of course, uh, yesterday, uh, Walt Jockety and and Dusty Baker were very cryptic about it, but they just basically saying he's having some personal issues and uh, don't know when he's going to be back, but they're hopeful that he's going to be able to get things uh, straightened out uh, by the time he can can come off the 15-day DL. What do you make of all this? You don't know. I mean, with, with, with the way the medical laws are, are written today, you know, the, the privacy issues involved, it could be a medical thing. It could be a personal thing. Uh, the thing to me with the Reds is, and then we've talked about this on the blog, is why has this drug on so long? You know, why did it take a month to get him on the DL? You know, if it is a medical thing, if it's stress, I mean, who knows? You know, maybe it's stress for from the medical thing dragging on and on. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of people talking about this maybe if it be related to his father passing away last year, yada, yada, yada. Who knows? And it's none of our business. The, the, the thing to me is the Reds need some idea. Hopefully the Reds have some idea of, of what the situation is enough that they can make plans for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's a good point because – it's clear that uh, over the last couple weeks it's been sort of hit and miss. They're not really sure what to do. Maybe at this point they have a little clearer idea, a clearer picture. I think you're right that there's no uh, no good that can come out of us speculating as to what uh, what the situation is. We can just wish Joey Votto the best. We need the big guy in the middle of this lineup, frankly. Um, but, yeah, I agree the Reds need to have some idea. And maybe they do. I don't think we're suggesting that uh, the Reds don't have an idea. You never know with the Reds, but they know certainly more about the situation than we do. Um but you know we got a lot of this season left to play, and um, you know what's what's going to be going on with with Votto? You know, some people mentioned Zach Grinky, who's just having a crazy good year for the Royals uh, pitcher, and about how a couple years ago he had some stress related issues, uh, and I don't know if this is anything similar at all, but he was out of the game for a while, so. Um, I don't know. We just, I guess, all got our fingers crossed. I guess the best. Yeah, they're, doing, they're they're talking about the same type of stress related things. I think with Crosby in St. Louis too, aren't they? Yeah. So I mean, 
Yeah, just very, very strange and just a bizarre situation. And, and the, th- the thing about it is, you know, with Joey Votto, uh, people, I think, would long ago have been saying, ah, oh, he's malingering or he's, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. Get back out there. But everybody knows with Joey Votto, this is a guy that just, he's the hardest worker they've got. He wants to play, so it's got to be something pretty serious to keep him out of the lineup. So we wish him our best. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing that, if you, if you want to look at this in terms of the Cincinnati Reds, it's just another example to me of, of them not wanting to make a decision on a disabled list. I mean, they went, you know, and it's been an ongoing thing, and it's not just this year. This is historically something the Reds have done, where day-to-day things end up being two weeks, three weeks, a month, and, and you end up playing shorthanded. It just seems like, the, you know, I don't know whether it's a money issue, whether it's the lack of being able to make a, a decision at the front office level. Uh, who knows what it is, but but it definitely puts, and I'm no Dusty Baker fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it definitely puts him in a difficult position to run this ball club shorthanded almost every day. Yeah, absolutely. We've mentioned that several times. I don't know if this is a uh, this, a similar situation. I posted something at, at Red Leg Nation that, I, you know, with, with Votto, I didn't mind them kind of taking their time a little bit because, you know, the chance they could get him back a little bit sooner than, than possible, I think was worth it for him just because he's so valuable to this team. But you talk about, uh, the Nick Massett situation earlier, the Brandon Phillips situation, uh, Alex Gonzalez, yes, earlier in the year. Just, uh, it's a analysis paralysis, it looks like, from uh, out here in the peanut gallery. Afraid. And even, you even have to wonder about Encarnacion. Uh, you know, right. did they, did, you know, were they aware that there was something going on and they just thought he could play through it rather than DLing him? And now that's, you know, he's been on the DL now for what, well over a month? Yeah, and uh, don't know when or if he's going to be getting back. They're talking he's getting closer, but. It's not something that's going to happen in the next week, that it look like. Yeah, and he'll be, and they've already said that he'll be going down and taking some rehab, getting some rehab games in. And my guess will be how long he's in the minor leagues will, you know, will depend on a how well he hits down there, and b how how quickly they get Votto back. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if Votto's going to be at any extended period of time, and I do want to talk about Encarnacion a little bit more later in the podcast, but um, they're going to need him back um, as soon as they can get him. And more so, I guess, if Votto's not going to be around. Uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a situation where the number of bats uh, in this lineup are dwindling uh, quickly, and, and you know the pitching can only go so far. I'm afraid. Well, and that's the thing. You know, the the concern. You know, we all we all we're all thrilled with how well the Reds are playing, and and the you know the different guy every night contributing. You know, storyline. But you're not going to win day in day out counting on guy counting on Lance Nix and Adam Rosales and, and, and these guys to, to be your big stick every you know to be a big stick every day you know they're gonna, they're going to end up being where their where their baseball card says they're going to be and and this team is operating on the hairy edge of 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 you know being a, a 500 at best ball club and offensively Losing Joey Votto, Jay Bruce is struggling. Now, Brandon Phillips was hot, and then he got hurt. Alcarnacion's out. You know, and they've still managed to win. But can they continue that? I, I don't see it. I, I, you know, I hope I'm wrong, but it, they're operating on the hairy edge, if you ask me. Yeah, there are um, dozens and dozens and dozens of examples over baseball history where teams that are a little less talented have a hot couple months. It happens. Um, but on, over the long term, yeah, I'm very concerned if we've got Encarnacion and Votto out for a long time. I'm really concerned about this club's ability to score runs in the long term. You know, uh, guys like Jerry Harrison and Lance Nix and some of these guys have really helped out in the short term. And but I just, yeah, I think that's, I think the way you put it's the best way to put it. At some point, they're going to start looking like what it says on the back of their baseball card. And 
And the Reds are going to be behind the eight ball, I'm afraid. Um, yeah. The one thing is, though, and I, and I do think we need to give them credit for this, is at this point in the season, they've scored more runs than they did last year at this point in the season. And, and if you, you told me that at the beginning, you know, in spring training, I would have told you you were crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't have said there's any way they could do it even just through two months, uh, much less. Right. Yeah. And they've, done that, and they've done that with Gonzalez out, Phillips out, Encarnacion out, Bruce struggling at times. You know, so uh, they've, they've been getting contributions from much more of the, the roster than they have in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I'm, I'm skeptical as how long that can last, but, man, it's been fun to watch for the first couple of months uh, seeing guys like, uh, well, Jerry Harrison, you know, he – the first uh, 300 bats of his Cincinnati Reds career last year and this year have been very good. I mean, you can't really complain. Um, and, and some of these guys that are contributing, you know, Ryan Hannigan, every time he plays, seems like he contributes. Uh, Ramon Hernandez has been better than a lot of people expected. So getting a lot know, of better than I anticipated. I'll be I'll be right out front with that. I, I thought he would be a disaster behind the plate. But you know, on the, the flip side of that is though, as well as Hannigan has played, you wonder whether they really needed to go out and get him. That's true. Could he not have handled it, uh, uh, you know, in the short term uh, by himself? You know, and, I, and I'm not saying they hurt themselves by giving up Brian Friel. Right. But they gave up two pretty good minor leaguers that might have been able to help them in the future. So, you know, it's one of those, you know, who knows deals. But but Hannigan, to me, may be the biggest surprise on this team. I mean, he has done absolutely everything they could ask out of a guy coming off the bench. And, and not only has he hit every time, you know, Marty Brenneman had the statement the other night, you know, Ryan Hannigan, two hits again tonight, what's new? Um, but, man, behind the plate, he, you know, uh, he's just very solid. He's got a gun for an arm. Nobody wants to run on him anymore. The, the word's getting around. Um, yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic. Yeah. He, was, he was undrafted, I believe. Uh, is undrafted. I believe so, and, and, and definitely you know, came up slowly through the organization. Right. He's not a kid. No, he's not. He's not a not a prospect, but he's a guy that could, uh, you know, be a backup catcher for uh, several years and maybe have a two three year window here where he could. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, he gets on base a little bit. He's he's not a bad. And again, I, I'm like you. I don't want to uh, say that this uh, praise of Ryan Hannigan is criticism of Hernandez, who's been. You know, I don't have any complaints with uh, Hernandez. No. But, um, but yeah, Hannigan's been great. Now about Hernandez, though, let me ask you this: If Joey Votto's out any extended period of time, uh, the Reds called up when they placed Votto on the DL. They called up Wilkin Castillo. We may discuss that in a moment, but uh, a different uh, side of that transaction is that they evidently expect Ramon Hernandez to get the lion's share of the playing time at first base. Now he's been, you know, as a catcher, he's he's been pretty good, but as a first baseman, can you know can he hit well enough to be a first baseman for any amount of time? Well, I mean, I, I, I've never bought into that, you know, you know, I think you look at your lineup and you, and you, you need X number of, of, of power guys, X number of get on base guys. And I don't care what positions they play, you know, and I understand, you know, well, you know, he ranks 27th for a first baseman, you know, or whatever the number would be. The Reds don't have anybody else at first base right now. So he's the best option. Uh, and, and the times I've seen him play first base when Votto's been out, he's played a pretty daggone decent first base, I felt. He looked pretty bad his first game or two, but since then I think he's really made some fantastic plays. matter of fact, in one of those first couple games he made a great play in addition to making a couple plays that were pretty bad. But you're right, he's he's not uh, hurt the Reds defensively. No, absolutely not. And, and uh, you know, like I said, I, I said at the time that I, you know, and I'm still not convinced that a – the money was well spent because I, I kind of liked Hannigan, you know, what we'd seen of him in, in, you know, 
what he'd done in the minor leagues, but he's been much. Hernandez has been a much better uh, player for the Reds than I expected him to be up to this point. Yeah, let's do a. You sort of brought up a what if scenario. Let's let's explore that for just a second. Um, the Reds went out this and got uh, Ramon Hernandez traded for him in the offseason. They went out and signed Willie Tavares to play center field. Now we've both said that Hernandez has been good, and I I went on the record before the season as saying that I thought Willie Tavares could contribute to this team. But what if they did this? What if they had not done either one of those things? Saved that money on both of those. Installed Chris Dickerson in center field for one year. Um, who Dickerson's no great shakes, but uh, you know defensively he can handle center field, and he, he's going to get on base probably more than Tavares um, as a leadoff hitter. Um, and then at catcher, let Hannigan play catcher uh, for a year at least, and then spent that money in the offseason on on that left field position we all wanted to see him get a big slugger. How much better, or would the Reds be better if they'd have done that? What do you think? I think that the jockey convinced himself that Dickerson could handle left field, and then he felt like he, need, you know, they wanted a speed guy at the top of the lineup, and they don't think Dickerson's a speed guy. Now, the, the, to me, the biggest disappointment of Tavares so far has been his lack of ag- aggressiveness stealing bases. You know, he gets on first base, and if you watch the games on television, even Chris Welsh seems to be stumped as to why he doesn't run. Yeah, frustrated. He sounds like he makes a point every time he gets on base, which is not too often lately. Every yeah, time. well, yeah, lately. I mean, he, he he went a period of time there. I guess it was when on when they went into Arizona and maybe right before that, where he and Jerry Harrison were playing very very well. Right. And but since then, uh, has Tavares been on base since then? I, <laughs> if he has, it hasn't been much. Yeah, barely. Um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, Chris Dickerson fan in the world. I I don't know that. I, I don't know that he could, is a full-time major leaguer necessarily, but I'm starting to convince myself that a Chris Dickerson, Drew Stubbs platoon in center field might not be too bad. You know, Stubbs is playing pretty well in AAA. Uh, that might be something they want to look at next year, and then maybe who knows, dealing a Tavares thing, find a taker. Yeah, with his salary, I'm not sure that's possible. And and I, I'm not as Doug. Uh, Doug Gray is a much bigger uh, Drew Stubbs guy than I am offensively. Uh, he he really, really, at least yeah. in the past, has, has really talked about Stubbs and really liked him. Um, I watched him at Dayton a couple of years ago when he was there, and I understand his swings changed a little bit since then from what I've heard, you know, from what I've read on Doug's site and like that. But defensively, uh, Drew Stubbs is fun to watch play in center field. He makes he – makes, Difficult plays look very, very easy, and he makes impossible plays look pretty exciting. I mean, he gets the balls, and it doesn't even look like he's running hard. He's a very, very good center fielder. Yeah, the scouts have been saying for a couple years at least that he's already a not just a major league caliber defensive center fielder, but an elite major league uh, defensive center fielder. So the question's yeah. always been, is he going to be able to hit enough to stick in, in the majors? and you know, you look at his splits, and then you look at Dickerson's splits, and you wonder if they might not be able to cobble together some kind of a platoon to where those two guys could handle the position in Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, the, the Reds at this point, their problems, I think, and I think the fact that Castillo got called up just shows that the problems they've got on their 40-man roster right now. I mean, there's this guy's not a major leaguer. But he's on the 40-man roster, and they're not apparently they're not comfortable exposing – somebody like Castillo to waivers, which is beyond me. 
Well, he was, now hold on. Castillo was hitting 199 in AAA, so I mean, you're not giving him enough credit. <laughs> or I'm giving him too much. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, but but you know, if they brought up Stubbs or you know, there was talk. I think somebody talked about Barker a little bit. Yeah, you know, somebody hey. give him a little bit better bat. You know, they're going to have to make a move on the 40. Now, as far as I know, Bill Bray is still on the 40 man. So I mean, that's a move that could be easily made, and I don't know what they're waiting on. Yeah, he is still on the 40-man uh, roster. And so, I, you know, they, they've got at least one move they can make by switching him over to the 60-day DL and creating a spot. I was the one who, who said uh, they maybe want to think about bringing up Kevin Barker. Barker's been a kind of guy who's been sort of a, what they call him, a quadruple-A, 4A-type player. He's, he played some of the majors. He was up with the Brewers for a while. Um, he's been with Louisville for a long time. Uh, I think he's the all-time home run leader in Louisville uh, bat history. But he's a he's a guy that's got a little bit of a power bat. He can play defense at, uh, adequately at first base, and he's a guy I've been watching since he was in high school. He's sort of a local guy uh, where I was. Uh, I guess probably it's been 15 years ago since he was in high school um, in Virginia, and um, he can he can hit. He hits the ball hard. Certainly, if you don't expose him uh, too much, I, he was a guy I thought they could bring up platoon with uh, Hernandez and Rosales at first base. Uh, righty lefty platoon and i thought could handle and, and frankly if they exposed him to waivers when they had to send him back down you know i if that's what it came down to i don't know that he's going to be claimed anyway you know he's 31 or something it's not like he's a prospect but he's a guy i thought could help the res in the short term wilkin castillo i don't i don't understand it um i don't know what anybody well, i think they look at him as a, as a catcher and with hernandez going to be playing a lot of first base i i think it was castillo or tatum and tatum's not on the 40 and put him on the forty. Castillo's at least, or Tatum's at least a good defensive catcher. If they, yes, he is. if that's what they need him, uh, need need is somebody just to be there for a backup catcher. Um, and he's going to hit better than Castillo probably too. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I think it came down to, you know, and I'm not defending it because I, I don't think the guy is a major leaguer by any stretch of the imagination. But if you're, if it's just going to be a backup catcher. At least Castillo's got. He can play some third base. I guess he can play some second base. Not well, but he can play it. You know, if you had to throw him out there late in the ball game, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. Th- I'm not going to get worked up about it because I don't think it means much. But it, but it, to me, it illustrates the problems with the makeup of the 40 man roster right now. Oh, that's exactly right. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I see why they called him up. It's clear why they called him up in terms of the, who they have on the 40 man and, and what's available. And clearly, they weren't willing to uh, make a change on the 40 man just yet. And maybe they've got something else going on that they have plans for that spot with Bill Bray. Who knows? You know, you don't know what they're going through, but um, I, you know, it's just it's a guy like Wilkin Castillo shouldn't even be on the forty man. I mean, he's just he's. he's well, I think that's that's the question right there. Actually, you know what, Craig Craig Tatum, according to the big, our big board, is on the forty man. There you go. So there. he could have been brought up instead of Castillo, assuming that this is correct. I, I wasn't sure that Tatum was on the 40-man. He is, yeah. There's only four uh, four catchers on the 40-man now that I think about it. It was Tatum and Castillo and then Hannigan and, uh, Hannigan and uh, Hernandez. That's right. But going back to, to Barker, I think he, you know, I think Tom Nichols talked about this. I think it was Tom when we talked, you know, a while ago. Is, is He's one of those veteran presence guys that they like to keep at, at the AAA level. And the other one that he mentioned was Adam Pettijohn. Right, yeah. Uh, so you know, to, to, to bring along the Maloneys and the Liqueurs and the Baileys and the you know guys like that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and I think Baker he's a good character guy. Barker, I mean, he's a good character guy. And I, 
I, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of see him get a, just a one final stab at uh, being a major leaguer for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, yeah, you're right, though, that this whole issue illustrates some of the problems that the, the Reds have. And, uh, you know, if they need a, a 40-man spot, Wilkin Castillo's spot, frankly, is one that expose him to waivers. Is somebody going to claim him? And if they do, what have the Reds lost? I mean, but... You know, I'm rambling on here, but the next thing is, you're right. It's not something to get too worked up about. It's the 25th man on the roster. Yeah, but the thing is, if you look at the Reds' 40 man, and, and I guess I've never spent a whole lot of time looking at the 40 man, but other than the Major League 25 man, there are only four guys that are position players that are on the 40 man roster, other than the guys that are at the Major League level. There's Alonzo, there's Francisco, there's Tatum, and then there's uh, Drew Sutton, and everybody else is a pitcher. Wow, that's so true. If, I'm looking at know, it now. Yeah, there there isn't a whole lot of position player help on the 40 man roster in the minor league level right now. Yeah, and, I'm, you know, I'm not sure who you you know how you how you change it around. You know, we've always complained that we didn't have any pitching. Now we got plenty of pitching on the 40 man, and we don't have any any position players. It seems like there should be a balance somewhere in there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, but, you know, um, I guess give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if we should after all the, what, about 90 straight losing seasons here. I don't know how much I want to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore, but just uh, well, strange, just bizarre. While we're in the minor leagues, I, I think, and this is just me, I haven't heard anything, I don't know anything, just based on what I'm seeing with, especially the last few, this week, Logan Parker's been starting to get some playing time in the outfield. Yeah, I saw your post on that earlier, that's a good point, go ahead. It makes me wonder whether the Reds are starting to think about moving Alonzo up to double-A. Uh, I hope he's still there in about a month when I'm down in Sarasota so I get to see him play, but... If they're starting to, to play, I know Logan's played third, or left field at least twice this week. Once they played Todd Frazier at first base, and then yesterday they played Eric Iman Eric at first base. And I can see no other reason they'd be, they'd be playing Logan in the outfield other than the fact that they're thinking about making a change at first base, which makes me think that they're thinking about bringing up Alonzo up from, from Sarasota. And he's, and he's hitting much better. Oh, yeah, he's really crushing the ball down there uh, now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a perceptive uh, comment, uh, you know, getting Logan out in the outfield a little bit. Um, but he, you're right, he's he's really hitting the ball well. And, and, and I'm not, you know, the guy that was pick, picked right behind him was it Gordon Beckham, I believe was his name, shortstop, that everybody thought the Reds were going to take in the draft um, before, when they took Alonzo. He just got moved to AAA. So I, I, I'm, I've been wondering whether the Reds are going to have noticed that and whether they're going to try to push uh, Alonzo along. So all this seems to be coming together, just like uh, like you mentioned. Yeah, I hope I hope that they're not motivated by what other teams are doing. I, you know, I uh, I agree, but they took some criticism for not taking uh, some mild criticism. I don't think we criticize them. I, I, you know, I think if they think thought Alonzo was the best available player, I'm all about them taking him. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, they did take a little bit of mild criticism for not taking Beckham. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that the, the people that thought that he might get a September call-up, I, I would be very surprised if he got a September call-up this year, you know. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it was, it's interesting, though. Chris Welsh mentioned on the on the uh, broadcast, I guess it was Friday night, that uh, with, with Joey going on the DL, 
that if the Reds thought Alonzo was anywhere close to being ready, they probably would have called him up and stuck him out there for a couple of weeks and said, you know, let's see what you can do. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so you have to wonder that, you know, the Reds must not, at least according to what Chris seemed to think, must not think he's that close to being major league ready. Well, um, well and, you know, he's only had basically uh, two months in, in single A at this point. What about this scenario? What if they do push him up to double A, and, and I'm going to have to disagree with you. I'm going to see the Mudcats play here in about two weeks, so I wouldn't mind seeing him in double A. <laughs> but uh, what if they move him up, and for the rest of this year he destroys the ball in double A? You know, is it uh, beyond uh, reason that, to think that Walt Jockley is hoping that happens, and that's why he's not made any kind of a move for any kind of a left fielder, and maybe he's thinking about let's move uh, Joey Votto out to left field for next year and give Alonzo a chance at first base in the big league starting in uh, 2010. Is that is that beyond uh, any reasonable uh, analysis? No, I don't think so. I mean, when you put a guy on your 40 coming into your system, you're expecting him to be fast, you know, to fast track, I would assume. But the fact that he started the year in A ball, where a lot of people thought he'd start the year in double A, uh, we're almost well. well we're, I guess we're a month from the All Star break in, in in the minor leagues, and he's still in A ball. Uh, he struggled a little bit in April. He's, he's played very well in May. Uh, I just don't think the Reds are going to count on him as a starter next year. Uh, I would think, you know, they might give some lip service to that. You know, that we're going to, you know, he'll he'll be in camp and yada yada yada. But if, I think the way you tell is towards the end of this year, if you start seeing Joey Votto playing a little outfield, if the Reds are not in the pennant hunt, you know, in, in September, if you start seeing Joey Votto getting a little time in the outfield, to me that tells you the Reds think Alonzo's close. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, Tom, uh, one, of our, one of our down on the farm gurus, Tom, uh, posted earlier today some numbers that I thought illustrated pretty well what Alonzo's doing in in high down there in the Florida State League. You know, he did start slowly, but you look at his numbers now, he's destroying the league. He's he's almost 200 points higher than the league average on-base percentage, about 150 points higher than the league average slugging percentage. He's hitting 301. Um, you know, he's he's ready to move on, I think, at this point. And and you, ha- you also have to remember that, you know, he's, I guess his slugging or his OPS right now, it looks like it's like around 879, almost 880. And that's a pitcher's league. Right. Yeah, at he's... The ball does not sail in that league. If you can put up, if you can put up big numbers in that league, you're doing well. Yeah, I think Alonzo's the real deal, but I don't think he's as close to the majors. I agree with you as what I think everybody had hoped or maybe thought that he would be um, coming out of Miami, uh, which is a baseball factory. But but I think he's the real deal. I think he can hit. Oh yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and Matt has said, Matt Clinker has said that his his. Plate discipline is amazing to watch. I mean, he says he's really, really, really disciplined at the plate, which is something that, you know, us stats guys really like to hear. Absolutely. Um, moving on to somebody else that, you know, we've mentioned him already today, but we're talking about this offense and another guy that uh, I don't know how close he's being to Major League Ready now either because he's been out for a little while, but I wanted to just briefly touch on Edwin Encarnacion. Um, there's been sort of a good bit of uh, conversation at RedLegNation.com this week about Edwin. Um, and I, you know, I got a little worked up at one point. I, I'm a little defensive about uh, Edwin Encarnacion, but you know, this guy, 
people are constantly trying to throw him under the bus and and not give him the credit that he's due. Now, before we start saying that, he's a, he's brutal defensively. Uh, he is. I, I you know I keep thinking he's going to get better. It's mostly just the arm, but he didn't look good with the arm this year and before he got went out. But you know, this is a guy who had above average hitting seasons. Not huge seasons, but they were above league average at ages 23, 24, and 25. You don't see very many people that do that. Um, and, and he's a guy that I think could really be an integral part of this offense. But there's some people saying, well, when he comes back, you know, I, Jerry Harrison Jr. ought to start at third or, or Adam Rosales. What's your opinion on Edwin Encarnacion? I like the guy. Um, uh, I think. It's a, it's kind of an Adam Dunn situation. I think people focus too much on what he's bad at and not enough on what he's good at. I do think he's inconsistent. I, I looked at his month, I was looking at his monthly breakdowns on OPS a little earlier today, and when he's bad, he's really bad. No you doubt. Know, the, months, the months that he has a bad month, he has really bad months. Um, I was comparing him to Brandon Phillips, and, and his, if you look at their, their, Brandon Phillips has some some months that are that are you know he had like like looking at last year his lowest month on OPS was five eleven in September but he only had thirty five at bats and his high was you know eight ninety nine you look at Edwin Encarnacion his low was in May it was four seventy five and then he turned around in June and had a thousand twenty five OPS that's a hell of a spread how do you do that <laughs> yeah that's when he's when he's hot he's hot when he's not he's really not um, yeah but. You know, like you said, he's not. You know, I think he's got a good ceiling. I think he could still be on the way up. I think the biggest problem with the things we were talking about on the blog is those of us that like him. People get the impression that we act like he's untouchable, and I don't think anybody's saying that. I think we're saying that he's their best option right now. If they could get it, make a deal that would bring in a better third baseman, you know, without destroying the future of this of this franchise, you know, and the future to me is these young guys the the Quatos and the, the Volquezes and the Homer Baileys and maybe Matt Maloney, and you look at, like, Sam LeCure down at, at, at Louisville, and, and uh, I love Danny Herrera, you know, Nick Massett, Carlos Fisher. How can you not love these guys? Sure. But, you know, but, you know, but I'm not willing to package a bunch of these guys up to bring in a, a, you know, a third baseman or, or even a left fielder, you know, unless we get a guy that – actually, I'm not willing to package a bunch of them up for darn near anybody. You know, I'd love to see the Reds land a, a you know a 27, 20, 28 year old corner outfielder that, that that has proven big league numbers and you know that, that could be that big bat. But I'm not willing to trade three or four guys to get him. Yeah, I think that's something that there's a lot of people calling for the Reds to make some kind of big deal if the Reds are still in it. You know, going down the stretch here, and you know I'm all for the Reds contending this year. I didn't expect it, and, I, and but I don't want them to be in a situation where they trade away some parts that could really help the Reds be. Uh, competitive for the next, you know, five years, you know, just for a chance at making a run at it this year. And there's some people that don't agree with that. So, yeah, be- I, and I tend to, 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 to be like, you know, believe like, like you do, that, that we've got a chance for this team to, to develop. You know, we've got guys that I think are going to be good major league players, guys that aren't having good years this year. Danny Dorn is, is and, and, and Chris Valleca have been pretty close to awful in Louisville. And, and I think both of these guys are going to be good major league ball players. Uh, you know, I'm not willing to give up on those guys. You know, uh, you, you look at, uh, at Chris Heisey down at, at Carolina, who I don't know how much longer they can hold him in Carolina. He just keeps uh, hitting. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 been a machine this year. You know, he, he just at every level he seems to get better. Um, 
well, you know, we've got a chance to be a, a, a you know a contending team without having huge payroll, which is what we're going to have to do. Yeah, I think it's sort and, of a. a, a sort, I was going to say, I think it's sort of a dirty little secret around, around the big league that the Reds are on the are getting close to a window opening where they got a chance of being a really good team for the next few years, if they you know don't screw it up like we've said. Um, so you know, I agree with you. Uh, that, don't don't mortgage the future for a chance at winning this year because you got you know you got a chance to really have a solid ball club. Now, I think and and I hope that Edwin Encarnacion is part of that uh, window that's opening up here for the next few years. But no, he's he's not one of the guys I would put on the untouchable list. Uh, you know, he's my favorite red certainly. But um, I going back to what you said a moment ago that people claim that. Uh, you know, we're saying that he should never be touched. No, he's certainly the best they've got now. I think he's got a chance of being a really good player. Um, maybe not an all-star caliber player, but, you know, even good teams don't have all-stars at all nine positions. Um, I don't think that's the position, third base, that they need to focus on first, I guess, when we look at about improving this ball club. I think Edwin Encarnacion is certainly an adequate uh, choice for that for that spot and could be for the next uh, few years. But then again, you're right. You talk about guys like Vileka and some of these other guys down, although Vileka's had a bad year and now he's injured, but... Um, a lot, a lot of parts that uh, could be fit in here. So who knows how how it's all going to play out? Yeah, I mean, you know, every year you have some turnover. You wonder who's going to be gone next year that was here this year. You know, you you wonder how much longer. I mean, Rhodes and Weathers are both what thirty eight, thirty nine, forty years old. You know, you wonder whether you know the 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 Carlos Fishers or the uh, Ben Jukages, Robert Manuel, Viola. You know, who can step into those roles? We're on the we're on the borderline of having a you know the Mike Lincoln signing is something that's unexplainable <laughs> but you know assuming Jared Burton rebounds we're on the border of, of having a, a pretty young bullpen and I would assume very very strong bullpen in the next three or four years you have to wonder who's going to be the closer of the future but you, you look at this team and it's it's going to get younger in the next few years and it's going to, and, and there's a lot of talent behind what we've got right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun organization to watch this year. And I say that even if the Reds, uh, they've lost two in a row, if they go on to lose uh, 10 in a row and fall out of the race and don't contend the rest of this year, I still think that uh, the next two, three, four years, uh, the Reds got a real good chance at, uh, at being special. Yeah. We, we're coming up on the draft here in, in June and, uh, I think this is a very, very important draft for the Reds. Uh, last year's draft is not looking real stellar at this point. Um, there's a couple, you know, Alonzo looks pretty good. You know, you got Buckles playing in high A, you know, from jumping from rookie league to, to high A. But other than that, uh, I like Solberon, uh, and I like this Matt Farrell kid that's at Dayton. But other than those guys, the, the guys off last year's draft have not been real impressive. They, it, it hasn't been like the draft classes the, the prior two or three years. Right, and a lot of the guys that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago the Reds had one of the top-rated minor league systems. And all these guys are now, have graduated and are graduating into the pros. And I agree, this is an important draft to sort of replenish what's going on down there, and it's going to be uh, a real test of uh, Jockety's regime here to see whether they can put together a good draft. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Well, um, about, I guess it's about time to close up shop here, but I did want to mention something you posted today. And How dare you make such a blatant, deliberate attempt to irritate half of the uh, the Reds fans that come to Red Leg Nation 
by your post this morning. How dare you praise Adam Dunn? Well, I, I only learned from the master. <laughs> oh, mercy. <laughs> it's so funny. Listen, there's no secret that we're big Adam Dunn fans here. And, you know, half the people that comment at Red Leg Nation make no secret of the fact that they can't stand the guy. Um, but it's so funny to watch people get worked up on both sides of that. You can't, there's no single name uh, that you can just mention on the at Red Leg Nation and get such a varied and uh, intense reaction from people as that of Adam Dunn. I, I've taken to, to posting his name as uh, just capital A and three asterisks, capital D and three asterisks. <laughs> You know, we ought to start calling the name that cannot be mentioned. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you can't mention him without just the intense reaction. He's uh, he's having a good year for that uh, crappy uh, Nationals team, though, isn't he? Golly. Yeah, and, and you know, I, and like you said, uh, you and I, I know, are both big, big Adam Dunn fans. And, and I, I admit, he is about the only player on another team that I look at his box score every day. Yeah, me too, you know. I, um and he's a, he's a guy when I'm flipping over from the Reds game, you know, I'm going over to watch, of all teams, the Nationals, just hoping to catch him bat. Yeah, I'm following what he's doing. I'm, uh, I understand the situation and why they let him go, and, you know, I'm not as irritated about it as I was before. But, man, you look right now at this team, and we're talking about how we may have trouble uh, scoring runs. Hopefully not, hopefully we'll keep, uh, keep hitting the ball. But it'd be nice to have that guy in, in the middle of the lineup with uh, some of these other guys playing well right now. Yeah, you wonder, you know, I mean, and none of us, and people act like they know what went on, and none of us do. And, and Bronson Arroyo made a comment after he was traded that, you know, about how much money he was going to want, and, and Dunn denied it. And, and you don't know what happened, you know, and then the, the bottom fell out of the market, you know, for, for power hitters, and, and you saw what he got, what a Bray you got. And the Reds could have afforded to bring Adam Dunn back. There's no way you can convince me they would. They couldn't. I mean, if you take, you know, the, like the, the scenario that you talked about earlier. If they didn't sign Hernandez, if they didn't bring in, you know, uh, didn't sign Mike Lincoln to a two-year deal, they could have signed Dunn. But I don't think they could have known that at the time. No. You know, who, who knew that he was going to sign for $10 million a year? I mean. Yeah. Well, and, you know, honestly, if, if I'm Adam Dunn, um, and unfortunately I'm not, but if I were, I'll be honest, there's no chance in the world probably that I would have re-signed with Cincinnati the way he was, uh, you know, uh, denigrated and, and sort of, you know, he wasn't wasn't given the credit for the things he did well. Uh, as you said earlier, he just uh, people wanted to hammer him for the things he didn't do well. So frankly, I would have been looking for a fresh start elsewhere with people who would maybe appreciate what I bring to a ball club. Yeah, you know, a lot of our guys have, have talked about, you know, well, Arizona didn't re-sign him either. Well, that's true, but I didn't read anything when he got traded over there. I started following them very closely and, and reading the, the the articles and things from down that area. And I never read anything negative that anybody said while he was out there. You know, he went out there and they asked him to play first base. He said, sure, I'll play first base. Now, you, you know, you're never going to convince me that the Reds said, will you play first base? And he said, no. You know, you're just never going to convince me of that. He's done the same thing in Washington, by the way. He's played uh, two or three times in the last week, first base. Yeah. Um, the Reds tried that, you know, a few years ago. It lasted, what, part of spring training, and they gave up on the idea. Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe he wasn't, uh, maybe he can't handle the position. Maybe they came to that decision. But I agree. I don't think there's any, you can't convince me that, that he said, no way uh, will I do that. Because this is a guy that went out and played every single day. He missed, what, 19 games in his uh, the last few years. Yeah, so. I think that's what, yeah, I think that's what that interview said today. He's missed 19 games in the last few years. He, he's he's a horse. I mean, he's, he's you know, there are things he, he doesn't do well. And he, he readily admits that. 
And and I also thought it was real interesting that uh, when we interviewed John Fay, and one of the things John Fay said that was Adam Dunn was there every day, and when he stank, he had no problem coming and talking to you and saying I stank, you know. And he but he was there and willing to talk to reporters every day. And that would be a very difficult thing, I think to do is when you go 0 for 4 and strike out three times and leave the winning run on second base, to be standing there at your locker and be willing to talk to these guys. And, you know. It shows a level of maturity and a level of leadership. And, and for, you know, I saw actually almost similar article in the Washington Post here. Uh, I guess it was last week or the week before. You know, he hit that big grand slam to win the game uh, there at one day. He had six, six, seven RBIs. Well, the day before he'd come out um, and struck out in a key situation in the ninth inning. Um, and, you know, they said that, uh, he was waiting right there to answer every question. He basically said, you know, it's, it's on me. You know, that's a situation where if I'm going to be the leader of this club, I need to come through. And of course, the very next night he did come through, but it was a similar situation where he answered every question. And, you know, I just, he is what he is. That's, that's the only way you can say it. Adam Dunn is what he is. Adam Dunn is not, uh, Willie Mays. Adam Dunn is not, uh, Barry Bonds. Adam Dunn, Adam Dunn is not, you know, one of the top five players in the game. He's not Albert Pujols, and I think that was the, right. one of the biggest problems here. Was that you know they came up about the same time, and and Dunn had great numbers in, in the minor leagues that made you think that he was going to be a player that at the major league level he's never been. Right, and you know, but what he is isn't a, you know a great hitter who has flaws, um, defensively and flaws uh, in his game plan offensively as well, but. He's still a guy that can really help a ball club, and, and he, I, I, I'll, I'll not be convinced that he couldn't really help this team uh, this year. But um, I guess we probably need to close that chapter till we post something again. Yeah, till you know tomorrow, the next day. You know, uh, it's uh, it's, it's really just sort of poking our eye, our finger in uh, the eye of some of some people that don't uh, don't care for Dunn, and it's fine to argue about it and talk about it. That's that's what's fun about. Uh, Red Leg Nation uh, is we never that that we across the own big thread we had earlier this week you know nobody agrees on him uh, but uh, it's fun to fun to argue it. Um, what do you think about Edwin's facial expression? You think he should think he should smile more? I don't care even if he's got teeth. I don't either. But people want <laughs> people uh, I want him to to get out there and do the best he can. I'd like him to get a little. I'd like him to get better defensively. But if he if he hits. And if he tries as hard as he can, and I, I've never heard anybody other than people that are like us, that are fans, that, that question his effort. I've never heard anybody, on, you know, a player, a, a broadcaster, a media guy, question his effort. The only people I've ever heard question his effort are fans. Right. And it's because he looks like, you know, somebody said that he doesn't have a winning attitude, you know, because he's out there, you know, he's not smiling around and, you know, he internalizes a lot of stuff. It's crazy. Everybody within the organization says he's a hard worker. He's you know taking extra batting practice. Yeah, I, I want him to get better in all facets, especially defensively. But, um, but man, you know, give the guy credit. He's trying. You know, you, you, know, you said that winning attitude. He doesn't have a winning attitude. My two questions to that, responses to that would be is, A, what is a winning attitude? And B is, how do you know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you in the you in the clubhouse with him every day. He's certainly nothing on the field that he's doing that would display that, other than he's not smiling like Brandon Phillips every day. Nah, it's just I don't know. I I, I like Incarnation. I like I like a lot of these guys on this year's teams and a lot of the guys that are getting ready to come up. It's a it's a it's gonna be a fun organization to follow. Well, even when they've been losing, it's kind of been a fun organization to follow. There's always some kind of drama around this team. So yeah, I, I think 
one of the more ludicrous things that I, I thought I read, or maybe it was just insinuated this morning, was somebody said something about sending Jay Bruce down. It's probably Marty Brenneman that said that. I don't know. Well, yeah, I've heard Marty's already thrown in thrown Jay under the bus. Yeah, a little bit. Which so. may be a good thing because I mean, look at what happened to Cueto. Yeah, it's benefited Cueto. He's turned into but, a stud. But, but Jay has really, really looked bad in the last week. I mean, he's they're throwing they're throwing him slow, slower, and slowest, and he's looking yeah. bad, worse, and whatever's after that. Yeah, but you know, twenty two years old. If you give me the numbers he has right now at the end of the season. If he's still got those, uh, you know, rate numbers, uh, batting average, on base percentage, and uh, slugging percentage, I'll take him out of a twenty-two-year-old, frankly. Uh, but he he has looked rough at times. There's no question. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not getting on Jay. I think the world of the guy. You know, I, uh, but he's he's learning. Yeah, he's twenty-two. He, he needs he does need to raise his on base percentage. I mean, it's a three ten yeah. right now. I mean, that's that's not acceptable for somebody with his talent, and and it needs to go up. But it will, you know, and, and that's the one thing. Uh, even and my, my my favorite guy in the world, George Grand, said the other day, you know, <laughs> it's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when with Jay Bruce. Well, that's exactly right, and uh, give uh, Grand credit for that. It's going to happen. Um, but uh, people, the same thing with uh, Edwin, who's still, you know, he's only four months older than Joey Votto, with uh, Homer Bailey and all these young guys. You got to understand, uh, they're young; they're going to have some struggles. Give them some time. Give him some time. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, and and you know Jay Bruce is a big part. If the Reds are going to be, as we've been talking, contending over the next few years, Jay Bruce is going to be right in the center of that. So uh, we need him. We need to give him some time to. Yeah, if he's if he's not, we're not going to be as good as we hope to be. I agree. I agree. So, all right. Anything else you got for us? That's all I got. That's all. We've exhausted your reservoir of Reds uh, discussion uh, topics. I can't believe it. It's a shallow pool. What can I say? <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks a lot, Bill, for joining us again. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. And thanks again for joining us. Send any comments, concerns, suggestions to radio at redlegnation.com. And again, I, I say it every week, but uh, go subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Get your friends and neighbors and uh, all the other Reds fans you know out there to subscribe uh, via iTunes. We we get more and more subscribers every week. It's turning into a, a very interesting little uh, project we've got here, this podcast. And, um, and if you do that, you won't miss uh, any episodes of Red Leg Nation Radio. We try to do about one a week, but they'll always be downloaded to your iTunes if you do that. Also, check out that RN Radio tab up there at the top of RedLegNation.com. Uh, every episode can be uh, – you can get the links to every previous episode from there, and you'll get all the uh, updates and information as well. All right, thanks again to all of you out there in the nation. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long.